0: Core Confidence Life Life Life. Life. Welcome to the Core Confidence Life personal development podcast. I am your host, Dennis, broadcasting to you right here, right here, where I'm sitting in New York City. You are listening to a show that, uh, you know, we started out as a men's personal development program. Over the years, we have evolved to include astrology and numerology into our extravaganza of self-discovery. To leave any feedback or getting in touch with me directly with any questions or anything like that, it's Dennis at core life.com. That's Dennis at core life.com. And also find out much more about us, me, and everything about Core Confidence Life by going to the website, you guessed it, CoreConfidenceLife.com. And on there, join our mailing list. You know, get the latest news and articles, astrology and numerology classes that we hold throughout the weeks um, and find out more about that. And one day soon, you may want to become a Core Confidence Life member, you know, for pennies a day, getting exclusive comp- getting exclusive content. And if uh, as far as the astrological and numerological readings, I mean, they are drastically... Uh, Less expensive if you are a member of Core Confidence Life. Yeah, yeah. All right. So on today's program, we have a a, someone that's come back for the third time. I'll give you a little background on this. Um, When he when this guest first came on the program, uh, it was a while ago, year ago, year and a half, whatever. Um, And his name is. Well, at the time, we were calling him Demetrius Angelus, um, and he was he spent time in jail for a murder that he did not commit. He spent time in jail for murdering his wife, but the problem is, is that he didn't actually commit the murder. He was in jail for something he did not commit. And so we followed his story and the abusive relationship he had with his wife uh, and his kids being taken away, his wife. Attacking him and cutting his penis, uh, and the uh, law enforcement in Canada not believing his story. It just goes on and on. So, we spend two episodes talking about his story uh, from the abuse to the jail to the courts and everything. Right. And he has a book out called The Ottawa Way which is talks about his experience dealing with the abuse in the jail system in Canada. On today's program, he is back for a third time to talk about his book, The Ottawa Way. And if you want to hear about his actual story, you can go back on the website um, and do a search for Demetrius Angelus or Jimmy Angeles. And you will find those two episodes. If you are listening to us from the actual website, CoreConfidenceLife.com, you can find those episodes linked right there on the same page you're hearing this show from. But on today's program, we're bringing him back here and we call him Jimmy because that's part of his name too, right? And uh, since we know Jimmy, we're going to call him Jimmy. And he's coming with a different perspective today. Uh, He is talking about Japanese astrology and compatibility. He's also talking about narcissism and a narcissistic personality. So we talk about his wife um, and some of her personality challenges as it pertains to narcissism. And we get deep, deep into the weeds on Japanese astrology, which is uh, similar to Chinese astrology, but slightly different. So, we're in for a very a very interesting treat as we go along today. So, we're going to have a bit of a Japanese astrology tutorial. So, and that'll take up the first part of the program. And after that, we'll go into a little bit of narcissism. And we should have a lot of fun here on the program. So, after these messages, we will dive right into... Your compatibility with your partner, based on Japanese astrology, uh, make sure you are uh, make sure you're not with a narcissist who cuts your penis. Don't do that now. Watch it. We'll be right back.
1: Hi, I'm Charlene Bowden, host of the It's Just Us
0: Radio Show, president and founder of It's Just Us Productions. It's Just Us Productions is a cross-media company that produces radio and TV programs that are heard and seen by national and international audiences. Visit our website at ijuproductions.com, follow us on social media, and tune in on the first and third Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the It's Just Us radio show on the Artists First Radio Network. What's going on, Jimmy? Hey, how you doing, uh, Dennis? what's up what's up glad to have you here yet again
1: and again you yeah. just keep coming back don't you well new things are happening in my life right we just got the audiobook released you know and i'm pushing that you know a lot of people don't like to read books but they don't want to hear it so you know like i found a very good guy named paul leonard it's probably the last book unfortunately the guy got sick you know and he wants to do what do you want to do this book before he took retirement and sick leave and so he he he, he did this me a huge solid favor you know, he wasn't put off by the volume of it, because when you look at the book, it's, it's uh, 700, over 700 pages. But he got it down uh, to um, reading it uh, and recording it uh, in a little under 60 hours. But Don't get discouraged by it, but, you know, like I say, it's six stories in one. You don't have to read every six parts of it, just one part, whatever part, you know, sort of interests you, whether it's the abusive relationship part or the, or the jail, the prison story part, or, the, or going to court, right? So you know, it's no it's very good story. I'm very happy with it. Uh just you know, the, some minor touch ups to be redone and, and for the next version and that's it we're good to go. But you know and I'm happy with my website. I got a website going on, you know jimandrews.com so j i m a n g e l i s.com you know full of good information there about abuse, my story and where to get my book. And you know that's that's where I'm at I'm at this point, right? So yeah.
0: All right. Well, that, that's what's up. And we like you coming back on the program. You keep coming back for more. You've got stamina. So today we're talking about uh, another one of your specialties, which is Asian astrology. And since we talk about astrology, numerology and self-discovery on here, we thought you'd we'd have you on here to continue your story, but this time coming at it from an astrological perspective. So for those who are just hearing this, we've talked about your story in uh, the two, the first two times you was on the program. So if people are listening on the website, they can find the links on the same page. But now we're going to look at the astrology of it all. Uh, But first, let's talk about it in general. This is Asian astrology. You're doing the Japanese version of astrology, the zodiac, the circle of animals. And so... uh, Talk to us about that. Tell us more, a little bit about Japanese astrology, how it works, and what's involved.
1: Well, I'm I'm really into that. You know, I mean, I started I I started really getting into it in 1987. You know, started sort of you know testing the waters, getting acquainted with it, and I really really started getting deeply involved since 1997. I mean, that's five years after I got married, and after I discovered this amazing book, this amazing book, in a bookstore. It was translated from the Japanese. By uh, Takeo Mori, and it's called "The Secrets of Japanese Astrology," so the science of Kiyagu. Ki- and so, um, and 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 and, I, and you know, it, I found it to be more comprehensive, uh, you know, than the Chinese at the time. At the time, the Chinese wasn't being fully translated into English. The whole concept of Chinese astrology, and this is the first time that any country in in, in Asia had. Taken the time to translate it into English, you know, all of it, all you know, and then they didn't they didn't leave anything out. And so I think that's one of the common problems when with the earlier versions of the Chinese sources that came out. It was never complete. And how are you going to make a decision based on astrology if you have incomplete information? So once I found this book, it became sort of my second Bible. <laughs> so um, the Japanese uh, is is sort of has very similar concepts with the Chinese one in terms of the 12 animal signs, and I'll briefly go over those. And then, and then it then talks about the elements, five elements. And the only little confusion is, for some reason, the Japanese gave different names to the elements. Uh, you know, if you look at the, you know, different from the Chinese. But the flow of energy between the elements to determine compatibility are the same. But anyway, um, I got into it really deeply. Like like I said, uh, 1997, after the book came out in 1993. And you can still find it on Amazon. Unfortunately, it was never—you uh, know—there um, was never other new version that came out. So it's only one version that came out. It's very hard to find. But when you do find it, I do recommend that you jump on it. So anyway, um, getting back to uh, my own personal story. Um, so yes, um, I wish I had accessed this book before I got married. But I only got the book about two years afterwards, right? And I mean, then looking back, I probably would not have married this woman <laughs> that I did. Uh, if I had, uh, acquired the book, uh, beforehand, but of course the book didn't come out until after I got married. So anyway, but still, uh, whether we're looking, looking at Japanese or Chinese astrology, we're still dealing. Okay. Uh, with the same animals, you know, um, I don't know if you've spoken to this before with your listeners, uh, but there are 12 animal signs. Right. Uh, and, um, so if those aren't familiar with this animal science story, it's about, you know, this emperor who organized the race and he had all these animals invited and then only 12 animals showed up. And he goes, OK, for showing up, I'm going to reward each one of you with a year. OK, and, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, so every calendar the calendar, uh, you know, the first year we, uh, I'll, 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 I'll put the winner and then for the 12th and final year, I'll put the, the loser and then it will repeat the cycle every 12 years. So you had these animals show up, uh, uh, and, and, and so they came in at the they were sort of at the starting line, and then at, at, at so when the emperor was waiting at the finish line, so we ended up having the rat come in first place, but the rat kind of cheated, right? Because he was sort of hitching a ride on, on top of the ox, and the ox, and the bull was sort of you know running at full speed. And then uh, when the rat saw the finish line, he just jumped off and finished the race. So he kind of cheated, but, he, you know, he can see what's the first animal that hit its finish line. He came in first. So the first year in, in, in the lunar calendar, in the Asian calendar, is the rat. So the ox came in second. Then we had the tiger come in third, followed by the rabbit uh, in fourth. Uh, the dragon came in fifth. The snake came in sixth. And then after the last six animals were the horse the goat, the monkey, the rooster, the dog, and the last place was the pig. So, um, and another, another note, just so your, so your listeners know, the, 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 the year doesn't start in, 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 in any Asian culture, the year does not start in January 1st like it does in, in our Western culture in calendar, right? It always tends to start late January or sometimes even early February, early to mid-February. But anyway, um, The, the, rat, the, the animals um, are a good indication of a person's basic personality, right? Uh, and that's the kind of mistake that was made earlier on with earlier versions of the translation where people thought that, uh, you know, oh, you know, you can determine compatibility just based, you know, but just looking at the animal signs, right? And so people who are reading the English versions, translations of these books were always telling you, oh, okay, since I'm a rooster, okay, I'm compatible with all snakes, uh, oxen, dragons, tigers, and other roosters, right? Or, you know, if you're a snake, right, uh, you're compatible with all roosters and and, 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 and dragons and uh, and, and cows, right, or oxes. But that's not the case. So, you know, a better indication of compatibility is which element you were born in, right? So, but before I even get to that, just to briefly go through the 12 animal signs and what their basic personality are. Rats are known for being charming, very social, you know, but they don't have any really true friends. You know, they're assertive, but, and, but argumentative, and they can be merciless when you, when you get into an argument with them. Right. For the most part, they're intellectuals, you know, they're not really in the physical type, and, and, and they take risk. They're not afraid of taking risk. Now, the ox, on the other hand, they're hard workers, they love manual jobs, they're kind of slow, methodical, they're quiet, they're loners, not very social, they're set in their ways, they don't like new things. And they can be fanatical when it comes to sort of family and marital duties and obligations, right? And one of their weaknesses one of their weaknesses, is that they don't tend to grow very well fast. You know, they don't improve themselves in life very well. It takes them a long, long time to become a better person. They don't learn from their mistakes. But, you know, for the most part, they're very loyal, but they're not romantic. You know, they find the thing that love is a game, takes up too much time, right? Tigers are full of energy. They've got, you know, they're self-confident. They're innovators with new ideas. They're tolerant and accepting of things but they also can be very rebellious uh, you know when it comes to authoritative figures right they're very outspoken they're moody they're petty about minor things they're withdrawn they lose interest very quickly and they're prone to cheating for some reason they just can't stay loyal to their partners rabbits you know they're very sociable they're 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 partiers they hate to be alone they're fun people but they tend to gossip but still they're very very popular right they're they're, going, they're known for being you know have wearing good clothes they got good tasting clothes and good homes, you know, interior designs, and, and making good decisions with their, with their homes. They're very peaceful, but they can be snobbish and show off. And always, um, they, they, they fear financial insecurity. So that's why they're always on the lookout, to be financially secure in their lives, right? They're very cautious. They don't take risks. But they're very good in business and politics, although they tend to be somewhat selfish. Dragons are direct to the point. Uh, To the point they're candid, they're self-confident, self-reliant, enthusiastic, they shine in life, right? They commit to their goals and dreams. They're very lucky with money, but they don't love wholeheartedly, you know? And and that's why they tend to avoid or delay marriage. Snakes are very lucky, successful with money, but tend to be very tight with it, somewhat stingy. They don't like to spend their money unless they have to and unless they want to show off. They're very intellectual. They act quickly. They're never indecisive. They, they like to have stable careers with low risk. And, but they, when it comes to love, they're very jealous and possessive, right, to the point where even when they don't really want you anymore, they don't want to break up, right? And what they tend to do is they'll start, <laughs> um, um, you know, uh, getting what I guess people refer to as a side piece, a side relationship, a right? uh, mistress or, or, you know, or, or another lover. Uh, they tend to have uh, several children in order to keep their partner or spouse, right? So the thing is, though, when they're looking for um, that other person, that third party in their romantic entanglement, you know, leads to extramarital affairs and whatever, feeding on the other end in general, uh, it never really ends well for them. And they ultimately pay the price one way or the other. Horses are known for being very attractive, sexy, they're a smashing dresser, they're partiers, they're social, they love going out, concerts, movies, theaters, sporting events. They love compliments, you know, they're very popular, uh, they tend to see careers in front of the camera, you know, in front of people, but they lose, very, they lose interest very quickly in their jobs. They tend to be somewhat superficial, but they are intuitive, and then uh, they can be self-centered and selfish, right? They tend to have low self-esteem, low, low, low self-confidence in themselves. They, have ten, they tend to have childish tendencies, and they have weak, relationship, weak relationships with their opposite sex because they tend to ignore the red flags, you know, or, or the, the problems, the character defects of the other person. Goats are very charming, artistic. They love nature. They're intelligent. They're generous. They worry a lot. They're pessimists. They tend to be unhappy, they're unfulfilled, unsatisfied in their life, they lack of self-control, they're irresponsible, and they make bad decisions regarding business. They're known for, being, for complaining often and loudly, and they argue, but they don't really fight for what they believe in. They just complain. So uh, they do adapt to their environment and social circle and people around them, right? If it means that they're going to get something back in return, if they're guaranteed financial security in return, then they'll adapt to the environment and to the people around them. And they do depend on others um, succeed, you know, in life, right? To achieve that higher standard of living, they are romantic, but they don't really succeed in their relationships. Monkeys are very superficial. They're, you know, uh, uh, they are sociable, but it's not, uh, you know, just sort of they want to appear friendly and cheerful. But in reality, they're very selfish and they're opportunist, right? They are phony with their intimacy. They're not very authentic or genuine, and they're even deceptive to the point of know of, of 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 doing so without shame right they hide their true thoughts their feelings their opinions and you know they, but they are very good at being diplomats they can be very diplomatic but at the same time they're very conceited snobbish and they don't trust anyone they love to learn new things they're intelligent they're innovative problem solvers but they don't commit to anything or to anybody and tend to be very very materialistic roosters are very outspoken with their views They're brutally honest, but they can be insensitive in what they say and what they do. So they have a hard time to be diplomatic, Uh, but they are self-reliant. They're known as armchair warriors, which, you know, they tend to be um, activists, right? And so, uh, but they don't go out and sort of uh, engage in physical confrontations. It's necessarily, it's absolutely necessary, right? They do stand out in a crowd. They're diligent workers, they're, but, but, you know, even though they, ha- they work hard, they rarely become wealthy behind it. Um, th- they can be taxed. Attacked. Their tactness causes problems in their relationships with their partner and spouse. Male roosters, you know, men born in, in the year of the rooster, prefer the company of women. They find the uh, company of men boring, right? Uh, and, 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 you know, and they don't benefit from it. They don't seem to benefit from it. That's how they feel. But in a, in a final, on a final note, they tend to be very naive in seeing the bad in others. Right? They always seem to think that people are going to be doing good. But the reality is people don't always do good. The next animal is the dog. The dog, they're fighters, they're warriors, you know, because, often because they're the victims of injustice themselves, right? They often pay the price for the mistakes, the crimes, or the sins of others, right? They don't give up. though. They're, they're always ready for life. They're always ready for the unexpected in life, right? So they are always plan ahead. Uh, they're introverts, but they express and show, vocalize their feelings when necessary. And they're not overly sociable, because they, they don't like crowds. They hate being in crowds. They're not good at public speaking. They can be perceived to be stubborn, but that's because they know what they want in life. They can be pessimists, but still they're quite dependable incredible, credible and well-respected. They're good listeners and they can keep secrets. They're faithful and loyal to their friends and family and to their causes, but they're not necessarily faithful and loyal to their spouses. But they are full of empathy and they can relate to other people's suffering. They're altruistic, you know, and consequently, they're always rewarded by good karma, good karma, right? They often have deep regrets about their past decisions and they're very anxious about that. And, and, but when it, uh, especially when it comes to the, the relationship with the opposite sex, now the last animal was the pig. The, the pig was the last animal that, that showed up the, the, at the finish line and they're known as for being energetic and, and, and very sincere. They're reliable. They're trustworthy. They're intelligent. They're very social. They're the life of the party. You know, they're decisive. You know, they know what they want in life. They love to entertain guests. They love to give gifts. They're hard workers, but they rarely become wealthy behind it. They're not very lucky or successful with money, but they are very talented in the arts. They can be naive, but they're not really uh, go-getters. They're not competitive, and that's why they don't win in life. They don't have many friends. They're very materialistic, and they love comfort, but they can rarely achieve it by themselves. They do have bad tempers. They're argumentative, especially when it comes to their reputation. And they do engage in physical confrontations, as I know, from my own personnel, my own um, firsthand experience. The, a lot of times the pig's motto is kick ass and take name. But anyway, like I said earlier, animal science aren't a good prediction of compatibility, right? The, the elements are. their elements are a better combination. You know, The, the combining people's elements, you know, uh, the, are better. It's, it's a better prediction of compatibility, right? So, um, the, like I said, the, what we said earlier. I think I think the Japanese and the Chinese use different terminology to describe the, the elements. But when you look at it on the chart, um, maybe you can put it on your website the flow of energy is the same. So whether we call, um, you know.
0: Oh, fix your audio.
1: Oops.
0: Hello? Yeah, there we go. That's better.
1: Okay. So, oh, um I was saying that uh, the elements uh the, the terminology in Japanese and Chinese are different, but the flow of energy is the same. So, um whether we in Chinese we, we we say that uh uh you know somebody born in 1977 is a um uh uh, we said uh, Earth. Uh, sorry, was it a fire, a fire? A fire snake, right? The the Japanese will say that in fact you are an Earth snake, but when you look at the chart, the flow of energy to and from the snake, that snake born of that year, is the same. So um, I'm going to You know, stick with the Japanese one, but maybe if we put on uh, on your website, uh, you know, the the, uh, the, the chart. Uh, side by side, Japanese and Chinese, you'll see that the flow of energy is the same. And regardless of whether we call a, a snake born in 1977 fire or earth, the flow of energy is the same and it doesn't really change the, you know, the compatibility with somebody else born in, in another year. So sticking with the Japanese terminology, I'm going to say that the, the, the five elements that, you know, that they use is wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. Right. So the five elements represent the flow of energy, both good and bad, you know, at a deeper, intangible, spiritual lever. All right, level. Hold, hold,
0: hold on a second. I want to make sure we do it. We want to um, know the elements in order, because I know they go by the, uh, the, the, the digits and so forth. So they're switching around the names. So you can tell by the year. And I'm sure they go into a particular sequence and it starts yep. with uh, it starts with wood. What does it start with? What's the yeah, first started, in order?
1: Well, it starts with water. Like okay. in the chart, uh, so water, they've even assigned numbers to it, right? So one, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight, right? So uh, and because there's but in some, 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 some um, uh, uh, elements like the earth, for example, the Japanese assign three numbers to it, but it's still eventually the same earth, the same element, which is earth. So basically it goes from water and then it goes to wood and then from wood it goes to fire and then from fire to earth, And then from earth to metal, and then it goes back again to water. So it's a cycle, right? So water, wood, fire, earth, and then metal.
0: All right, cool. Go ahead.
1: So, um, are you going to
0: talk about the um, the qualities of each the qualities of each element? Yes.
1: Well, I can, but that's going to take up a lot of time. And I think at this point, the most important thing with the elements is your compatibility, right? Uh, uh, And 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 again, because it goes back to the year. If you know someone's personality based on the animal sign, right, you can sort of look at that plus the, the, the compatibility based on your element to determine whether or not that person is a good match for you, whether it's a romantic relationship or to have, you know, a partnership in business or, you know, to determine, you know, what year you want to have a child, right, to have a good, peaceful, and, and uh, you know, um, um, in a home. So uh, I'm not going to go into that but it's, 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 it's really, it's referenced and talked about a lot in Takeo Mori's book, which I will, it's on Amazon and I'll, and I'll send you the link and maybe you can sort of direct your listeners to that. And if you want to get into that more deeply, they can. At this point, I really want to focus on um, which elements are compatible to determine who is the best person to have in your life, right? So according to Takeo Mori, right? And also my own experience, someone who is a wood element, right, is best compatible with someone who's either water or fire. So if I I want to take a look at uh, uh, some of the years, right? Let me just take a give throw in an example here. So I'm a wood rooster, right? So and I was born 1969. So the best person for me in my life in terms of uh, um, compatibility is Someone who was either born in, uh, for example, we stick to my generation, right? 1973, which is, you know, fire, it also happens to be an ox. And that's good because you look at the animal compatibility in most Chinese books and references and sources, they say ox and rooster are compatible. They are, but only if the ox was born in 1973, which is a fire element. And me, uh, you know, and, and me being a wood, born, uh, you know, in 1969. And then the other other uh, uh, um, uh, one for me, for example, would be somebody born in the water element, which would be, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 1981. So 1981 is a rooster element, but born in the water element. So a water rooster and a, water, uh, and a wood rooster actually are compatible because of uh, the flow of positive energy that we, you know, between the two of us. So if, we, if I continue on with the other elements, for example, uh, uh, people in the fire element, you know, they get along, like I said, with wood, somebody born in the wood element and the earth element. Because again, we got that positive energy going on, that flow of energy, right? Whereas water, somebody, uh, whereas um, uh, Somebody born in the water element or or, or a metal element is negative energy for a fire, right? With me being the rooster, the wood rooster, somebody born in the earth or metal uh, elements is also negative energy. And I didn't know that. And I made that mistake with my last two relationships where I chose somebody in the earth element and the other one was a metal element. Now that I know, I'm going to stick with somebody who's into the fire element or water element, so um, moving on to the next one. So we discussed the wood. We discussed the uh, fire. So the next one is earth element. So if you're born in the element of the earth, uh, such as yourself, the best person for you would be somebody born in the fire element or the metal element. And you should stay away from somebody who's actually born in a water element or the wood element. And then finally, for the metal people, um, actually, no, there's, there's a metal element. That's not, not fine. This one more for, for the metal people those that are born in the earth element and the water element are positive, whereas fire and wood are negative. And if finally for those in the water element, the metal and wood uh, uh, elements are best and more, and more positive than those in the fire and earth element. Now, if two people have, are born in the same element, like two fires or two, two earths, right? It's still good. It's the it's next best thing. You know, there's no positive or negative energy. It's neutral. But the thing is, you don't sort of benefit. You don't get that extra, extra um, uh, positiveness in your relationship, but there's definitely not going to be any negative and any negativity between you. It's going to be sort of a neutral environment. And then that's the next best thing. But anyway, um, and and I think I, I I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but people born in the earth element, um, they tend to discredit, you know, um, um, Asian, Chinese, and Japanese astrology because they feel that they are always getting a bad rap. You know, they said, "Oh, you know, all it does is talk uh, shit, shitting and bad shit about me." You know, and, they, and 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 they don't like that, right? So, um, but you know, what what, what can you do? It's, it's just part of an element, right? I mean, the best thing that somebody in an earth element can do is sort of get together with somebody from the fire element or metal element, and and, and that relationship will work, right? But only if both parties adopt non-traditional roles. Right? That's the only way it seems to work with people born in the earth element and, and when they get together with a fire element person or a metal element person. So you know, examples of that is you have a stay-at-home father with a mother who's working, right? Or you, if you have a family business, the wife is the boss, right? Or if you get into a, a, a sort of a marriage, right, the wife is the wealthier person in the relationship, you know, sort of a non-traditional roles. But it's going to work very well for the earth guy or the earth woman. Right. Uh, if they if they hook up or get together with a fire or, or a fireman, firewoman or a metal man, metal. So um, in my own personal experiences, you know, I've had five long term romantic relationships in my life and one short lived good one. And like I said I was born in the wood element and my best relationships were, you know, with women that were either when that was in the water element or, or, or wood elements. Right. And my worst ones were those uh, in the other ones, which was uh, earth uh, and metal. Uh, and the only reason why um, uh, the two good ones ended was because of just bad timing, right? We were heading in different directions in our lives at the time, and we just didn't stick it out. But I'm, I feel in my heart now that if we had stuck it out, we would st- we, you know, I would still be together and happily, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, happiness relationship, uh, you, know, um, you know, for many, many, many years. But, um, personally, I, uh, I like fire elements the most because, uh, you know, it just, it just brings out the best in me. I can feel the positive energy around me. And, you know, my three best friends in life are all in fire elements. So that says a lot. And, um, with my worst relationships, um, uh, for uh, you know, like I said, in the earth element. Uh, they were in metal element. They were toxic, you know, abusive and fruitless. And so, no matter how hard I tried to make the, rel- the relationship work, it wasn't progressing in a positive direction. And in fact, it was self-destructing. And at the time, I didn't know why. But now, like I said, uh, having read Takeo Mori's book, I understand it. And there's a quote I'm gonna I'm gonna end this section on, um, and I found it very very powerful. So Takeo Mori wrote. Okay, when you have two people in incompatible uh, uh, elements, right, it says, he said, in spite of the skills, talents, and efforts, okay, that each party may invest in their life and work, partners in, in unfavorable combinations are not blessed with a bright future. Many triumphs turn into failures, efforts are invested in vain, and all endeavors fail to produce results. So even if they share compatible personalities, similar interests, and mutual affection, all of these will produce nothing if they are in an unfavorable combination. And I fully agree with that quote. And that, that's a part of the book that really, 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 uh, you know, hit me to heart. So that's briefly it in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that, that's really good. That's really interesting. So, all right. So. Now, according to this uh, Japanese astrology, uh, I'm an Earth snake. Uh, They say Earth snakes don't believe in this stuff or Earth elements don't believe in it. But I I do. (laughs) So what what do they say about Earth that that you or the author feels like Earth doesn't like? What do they say about them? Well, um, Earth,
1: here's the thing. There are good things uh, about Earth people in the Earth element. Earth um, um, elements—they're very, they're very charming. You know, they're very intelligent, very intellectual. Um, They tend to be loners, but they don't want to be loners. What what happened is they—they—they—they—they sort of loners. uh, You know, the Earth people—I'll call them Earth people. (laughs) It's funny, it's a funny term, but and people are born in the Earth element. they have to realize that they need others to succeed in life. Right. But they don't always want to play by the rules of others. They want to play their, you know, their own rules. They want to, you know, they want to be the you know, masters of their own, you know, destiny. Right. And, and do things the way they want. It doesn't work that way in real life. And so what I think Takeo Mori and it says, what I've sort of experienced and seen myself is that, um, in order for the earth to really be happy and successful, they have to sort of give up the concept of being the sole decision makers in their lives. They have to work with others. They got to make compromises. They have to um, um, work with others. They got to sort of give and take and they don't like really doing so. Right. Um, so, and, 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 you know, nobody wants to sort of, you know, if you're always used to doing things your own way, you're setting your ways, you have your own rules of life, you know, rules, you know, you play the, your own rules in the game of life. You don't want to do that. You don't want to give up your rules just to sort of get ahead. Uh, uh, you know where you want to go. You know they might. I mean, my, what I've noticed is some people, especially for example, uh, people born the year of the pig or the year of the monkey, might on a short-term basis, you know, for a short term, you know, give up some of their rules. But at the end, when they they accomplish what they want in life, they you uh, know go back to saying, "Okay, I I reached where I want to be in life. I'm going to." Go go back to my own ways, my own rules of the game, and 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 and, and it comes across as being bad, you know. When you when you, when you describe that, you know, in a book, or in a conversation, about, oh, well, these people are just opportunists, you know. They'll they'll just you know play the game until it's to their benefit, and then they'll jump ship and do their own thing. And that's what they tend to say. Oh, they're not good in establishing long term relationships, uh, you know, because they're just moving on, you know. Um, from one branch in life to the higher branch in life, right? Uh, This whole concept, uh, you know, that um, uh, marriage, people are talking over YouTube is hypergamy, where people are just moving on to a better relationship, you know, uh, to get ahead in life, you know, and they tend to be people that are born in in elements of the earth. Like I said, if someone is willing to be in a non-traditional relationship or role with an earth element, it can work out you know um uh, well you're a guy but let's say it was a female uh, a female snake and she had money and she had her own business and um you know and, and and she you know there's a guy that she sort of gets along with and and uh and he's from the fire element right if that guy is willing to let her take the lead you know in the business the family business it's going to work out you know uh but it's not a very traditional kind of thing that you see in today's world. I mean, you're starting to see it, but it's not still still somewhat untraditional. And it's gonna work out fine. They're gonna have a perfect relationship at home and it's gonna be a very successful business, you know, uh, you know whatever it is that they're doing together, whether it's you know whatever a restaurant or marketing business or whatever. So and you know again, some people don't like to hear that and then earth element take offense to it. And they don't want to sort of say, Oh, well, you know what, you know, I'm not an opportunist or I'm not selfish or I'm not, you know, someone who's going to go back on their word, you know, uh, and they don't like to hear that. So they, they, you know, my, my, for example, my own cousin, who's, who's a monkey, a monkey, an earth monkey was really put off after she just read, you know, the description of, you know, of her animal sign. So again, a lot of people take offense to it, you know, but I think, I think from what I know of you, um, you're very open-minded. You're very, uh, adaptable and, uh, you know, you, and you're somebody who knows the truth and can accept the truth and you're willing to work around it. Right. That's, that's my impression of you. That's what I know of you so far. We've known each other for a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: what causes that? Because I'm thinking like some of the things about, well, I like being a snake. First of all, I like being a yeah. snake, but, uh, With the earth thing, for me, yes, I do like to have everything under my control, Uh, not people, but life circumstances and and stuff like that. Um, And I like to do things on my own. I like to know that I'm the leader of my own life. I I like all that. So what makes me more open-minded to accept, I don't know, astrology, numerology, all this mysticism that I'm already into, in your opinion? Well,
1: I think that, um, first of all, in your line of work, you come across a lot of different people, right? And they come to you for help, you know, and all you know, and then, you know, for example, with, with the public speaking, right? Uh, and uh, you, you sort of get to know and feel, you know, um, um, who they are, where they came from. And then, uh, in, in, in fact, other people that you sort of come across into your life, I'm sure you pick up, you pick up on someone's vibes and you can know who you're attracted to and who you're not, who you want to sort of, keep a platonic relationship, who you want to go and have a deeper relationship, whether it's, you know, friendship, business, or romantic. And so uh, uh, for some reason, you seem to be able to be in tune with that. But a lot of snakes or a lot of other people in the earth element, like the monkey or the pig, they're not in tune to that. And they don't understand. They don't understand. Um, for example, my late wife was also a snake. Okay. and uh, But, you know, uh, uh, born in 1965, right? Earth snake as well. And um, she just couldn't understand why things that I did bothered her. She knew that it bothered her, but she didn't know on why. Why? Because she never took the time to develop this inner spirituality to figure out what it is. You know, and, 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 and there are ways that th- the Corey mentions this, but there are ways to sort of negate that energy, that negative energy by bringing another person into, into the fold. So if you have this, if they decide to have children together, right, or, uh, uh, you know, for example, a snake and me, a wood, right, where we tend to have negative energy between us. If you bring a child into the relationship and that child is born in the fire element, what happens is that negative energy sort of neutralizes because the, per- the third person sort of uh, uh, takes away the negative energy that flows from you know, the wood to the earth. But you're very in tune. And I think that's the secret. If you're in tune to your spirituality, if you're in tune to the energy that surrounds you, um, you can work with it. You say, okay, okay, I don't get along with anybody from somebody from the earth element, or I can't, I don't get along with somebody from the water element, you know, but I'll find a way to make it work. And I think that's what, that's the secret to it. That's why you probably are happy where you are and you can accept Asian astrology, whereas someone like my late wife, wasn't into that stuff you know she it's funny because she was asian and she knew all about asian astrology but she just wasn't in tune with the flow of energy that was described in the asian books right i think that's a secret that's a, that's that's a secret if you know what if you where you're coming from if you it can feel the energy if you know how to work with it you can actually be happy with being an earth snake well, I, I hear you. I like being a snake in general, just in
0: general, regardless <laughs> on the on the element. And I I do get definitely get along with the uh, dragons. Uh, it seems to be regardless of the element. Uh, yeah. I get along with uh, oxen. It seems to be regardless of the element. And yeah. so I think I think that's really, really cool. And I'm definitely not traditional. <laughs> that's for sure. If that's yes. part of the earth description, I yes. am not traditional. So if you're dating me. yeah you're probably not going to get traditional stuff you know you may get traditional sex but you won't get a traditional relationship
1: and that's okay i mean if you know what you're getting into ahead of time i think and, and you can accept it and you're willing to work with it i think that's okay
0: yeah i i think so that's so um when you combine the element and the animal, that makes up the entire profile. So, do you go deeper? Because I know that in a Chinese version, it got the months and the hours and all these different things. Yes.
1: The Corey does go into the you know the season that you were born in, the month you were born in. It really goes into deep. But you know the part, the part, the co- and he goes, he has all kinds of combinations that you wouldn't believe. But, you know, the, the, the section that I love the most when he starts combining these different elements, you know, this different stuff, you know, the year that you were born in and the element that you were born in and the animal sign is the best. Oh, freaking shit. I read that section on destiny based on your element and your animal sign. It's scary. It's like, wow, this is like Nostradamus shit. You know what I mean? It actually predicts what happens in your life. When is it going to happen? You know, I'll give you an example, okay? You told me that you were born, right, in 1977, snake, and according to Earth snake, right? So I'm going to read your destiny. It's gonna, this, 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 Listen to this. I'm just find it here. Got it. Uh, yellow, that's it. That's it. Okay, this is your destiny. People born under these signs, meaning Earth, Earth uh, 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 snake, right, 1977, are prone to illness in their 30s. They should look after themselves, and at the age of 45, they will find unexpected happiness. That is your destiny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, that's very interesting. I, don't, I certainly wasn't ill in my 30s, but that's very interesting.
1: I well, said you were prone to it. You were prone to illness, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So it doesn't mean that you're going to get ill, but you were prone mm-hmm. to it. So you're one of the lucky ones who avoided illness, but yeah. But you're not you're not um, forty yet, are you? No, I'm I'm forty four. Oh yes, yeah, that's right. So so you should be expecting unexpected happiness in your forties. I, <laughs> I love it. Are you happy? Am I happy?
0: <laughs> Am, yes. should, should I answer that
1: real? I don't know if
0: I want to be honest on this show to tell you whether I'm happy or not. <laughs> I don't know if people will like that answer. But um, hopefully at forty five I will be. Okay. But, yeah. So. All right. So you said that you had the wrong information before when you were looking at compatibility. So now that you have the right information, do you like, do you, do do you make decisions on your, on who you date, who you have sex with, who you're friends with, who you're whatever based on
1: this? Yes, I do. I mean, and now that's why I have a smaller circle of friends and even business partners. And I tend to focus on those that are in the fire element, right? Uh, You know. currently uh, dating a woman who's a fire element uh and um you know i think it's one of the better ones i mean uh, i've had in the past, like i said two other relationships where i didn't know that we were compatible to the point of elements combination of elements and animals just i guess uh, you know uh, weren't ready for long-term relationships at that time we were focused on our education our careers and and with this one um you know i'm in my I'm 52 going on 53 uh you know i'm finding that i get along better with people in the fire element that's the best one for me my two best friends are three best friends are fire elements you know uh, uh when i do business with people i you know i you know i if i'm looking for a long term sort of uh, uh endeavor um uh, I ultimately find out, you know, if, what element they belong to, and I determine whether or not I should continue doing business with this person or not. You know, I did, a business. With, I did, for example, I did a business venture last year with, uh, you know, somebody who was a, um, a metal goat. And, um, you know, we got the job accomplished when we set up for that year, but I never want to do business with that guy ever again. Never, never, never. It was just too much. Headbutting, we couldn't get along. And no matter how many compromises I did, it wasn't working out. So, um, um, you know, and so that I I personally take it to heart. And I have even ended relationships with other people based on the incompatibility, you know, uh, of our elements. And, you know, uh, and I I mean, like that last passage I I wrote, I read that to you about no matter how hard you try, it's never going to work out. I fully believe in that. I really do. Mm. So you can tell business
0: partners. Can you so do, do the elements and signs? Can you tell you know just for example who will be a good intimate partner? Because sometimes you can have great intimacy and have a horrible relationship, or vice versa. Yeah.
1: So yeah. does it does so it tell
0: you that too? Okay, it
1: does. It does. So as I was trying to elude earlier, is um, um the best partner uh, to have. In all kinds of life, whether it's uh, with a parent, you know, or or, or with a, uh, a, a a a spouse, or you know, a romantic partner, long term relationship, or you know, or business, it's always that uh, that element where the energy flows to you. So, for example, in your you you're you're one of the lucky ones because an earth element uh, tends to receive more than they give in terms of energy, you know. Um, and so, uh, if you are if you meet somebody. Who's in earth, right? I'm sorry, you know, not earth, but fire or metal, you actually benefit. You know, whether it's no matter, regardless of what kind of relationship it is, whether it's uh, business, whether it's uh, romantic, whether it's, uh, you know, friendship, you benefit. Again, it's not going to be a traditional relationship, but I think once the fire element and the metal element know that, you're going to benefit. Now, if you want uh, just somebody business and you're not necessarily uh, you know uh, don't care about you know uh, you know you're not interested in, in, in a romantic relationship with them, right? You can pick another. You can pick another uh, earth element because if you're in the same element, right, it's still going to be good. It's still going to be a good relationship, you know. But you just don't really you know want to take it romantically, right? Let's say you meet a woman with money and she wants to invest in you, and you and then you get along because. You know, she's an earth element, you're an earth element, and it's going to go good, right? It would be better if she was a fire element or a metal element, but, you know, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with another uh, person of the same element as you. So ideally, choose for you, for example, choose someone in a fire element or a metal element, regardless of what kind of relationship it is. And if you can't, then find at least someone who's who's also an earth element just like yourself. But whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, stay away from wood and stay away from water. Well, I'm I no so supposed anything. to be talking to you. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we only met in person once. Right. In New York City. Right. Remember? So uh, it's the National Publicity Center. Right. Other than that, we've always sort of communicated by phone and by, you know, uh, you know, uh, Zoom or whatever. And so I think that barrier sort of helps us out, you know, in terms of me (laughs) not affecting you negatively and me not affecting you negatively. Oh,
0: so who are these people in the fire and metal? Like, do you have, um, you know, within a certain range, like some years? Because, of course, I have a decent part of my life behind. So maybe I could hear, Okay, oh, that person was born that year, too. Oh, you know,
1: so uh where do you want me to start? Do You want me to start in the 60s, 70s, 80s? Just just give me a decade there. Uh, I think we'll let's
0: see. Well, I, I have a friend, she's no longer with us, but I got a friend that was born in 49. But anyway, and she was an ox. But anyway, but yeah, you can start maybe
1: 50s, 60s and go forward, I guess. Okay. Well, there's there's, there's The chart the tar- uh in and the, the Takeo Mori's book. And he actually has it outlined very nicely who is, you know, born in the fire and all the years, right? He, he only he gets the element, and also there's the animal sign. So I'm going to start. Let's start with the 1964. Okay. So 1964 is a, a uh, fire dragon, according to Japanese astrology. That, that would be a perfect match for you, whether it's business or romantic or whatever, or friendship, right? Then after that, it's 1973, which is the ox, which is a fire ox, you know. 1982 is a dog, a fire dog. That's also somebody who's very, very going to be good for you, whether it's business or romance. And then 1991 is the goat, it's a fire goat, right? I mean, and then I mean, I don't know. Let's, let's stop at 2000. 2000 is a uh, fire dragon. So all those, of, all those signs, the combination of the animals and, and, and those years and, and the fire element are ideal for you. But like I said, you also have the metal. And in the metal, you have sort of uh, twice as much uh, luck in finding a metal because there's two times as many metal element people in the world than there are fire elements in the world, right? So, uh, and with the fire element, for some, with the metal element, for some reason, um, they double up the years. So, for example, let's go again, 1960s. So, 1960 is uh, in metal. Perfect. Okay. So for, let's say in the, if you choose somebody from 1960s, right, somebody born in 1966, which is a metal horse, would be very good for you, whether it's business or romance. But then also the following year, 1967, which is a metal goat, is also good for you. So you see what I mean? With the metal, you have two times a good, better chance of finding someone because there's more of them out there as opposed to finding that fire. That fire element is, uh, I consider, the, the, the luckiest element of the five and the most beneficial, but also the hardest one to find. So, in terms of metal, though, I'm going to continue with the metal just so you have a, a good idea. Uh, again, 1960 uh, and 1967 are both metal years, metal elements, and they're both great for you. And the next after that is 1975 and 1976. So, 1975 is the, um, the, the rabbit, metal rabbit. And 1976 is the metal dragon. Again, very both good, very, two very good years for you. The next uh, decade the uh, next years is um, 1984. a rat. So 1984 metal rat and also 1985 metal ox, right are very good gears for you in, in terms of compatibility, uh, romance or business. And then the next one after that is 1993, which is a rooster. So this is a metal rooster, right? Uh, 1993, but also the following year, which is 1994, which is a dog. So a metal dog, uh, so a metal dog and a metal rooster are actually very good for you, uh, in terms of compatibility. And then just to round off the decade, we've got 2002 horse, which is a metal horse, and in 2003 metal sheep. I'm sorry, metal goat are very good for you in terms of compatibility. Very Again, both very business, and, both business and, and romance.
0: That's interesting. I tell you, I don't like goats.
1: No, because you know what it is? They complain a lot. And after a while, you know, you just don't you just you know, they just get on your nerve. But, you know, uh, it is it is what it is. You know, it, you know, if you look at the animals, all the animal signs are actually based, you know, on uh, in the personality of, of an animal what do goats do all they do is complain right you go you go to a farm somewhere or a village mountain somewhere and all they you, they bleeding the the, go, the bleeding of the goat that's all they do is complain you don't know do anything else right yeah yeah those
0: goats i can tell this there seems to be a fundamental difference between me and goats like deep yeah. in not not just surface stuff like yeah. we have different morals we got different views on like it yes. just is like a yeah. I, I can't really explain it, but I'm like every time I meet a goat, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, yeah, you're probably a goat. Well,
1: <laughs> again, you have to look at the combination of both. No, I don't. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't like goats of any element. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. Okay. And I like so. dragons
0: and oxen. I do like dragons and oxen. So yeah. definitely. Um, yeah,
1: and, and, that, and, that, and that's what the book, that's, that's what most of the resources say, you know, and generally speaking, uh, you know, a snake gets along very well with a rooster an ox and a dragon. All right. So
0: the second part of what we were speaking about, um, is you're relating this to the, the narcissism personality. You've been talking about, uh, narcissism for a while. I've noticed that. And we've talked about your story, um, and your wife's, uh, narcissistic personality, but tell us more about, uh, narcissism.
1: What is that? And what is that about? Okay. Well, the, the Asian astrology and narcissism sort of link because you can determine who has a tendency to be narcissistic based on the element or year of their birth. Right. And, and that's again, that's why a lot of people in the earth element don't like that rap and the metal element, because they're prone to becoming sort of, uh, you know, they deep go too deep into the dark side. You know, <laughs> they can become abusive and most abuse is centered around narcissism. So again, that's why a lot of people on the earth element don't like to hear that. But, you know, if you don't do go into the dark side, and you don't, you know, you, you sort of control yourself and you don't end up controlling others and, 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 and starting an abusive relationship. But generally speaking, narcissists are, the narcissistic personality disorder, just one of several types of personality disorders, right? It's a behavioral, it's a behaviorable disorder, right? I mean, yes, you are born, a lot of people are born and prone to develop this this sort of uh, toxic behavioral disorder or personality disorder, but in the end, it's really formed, it's really formed in your childhood. But first, let me describe what it is. So it's a mental condition which people uh, have sort of an inflated sense of of their own importance, right? They think they're just the god, you know, or the goddess, you know, and they're just an over-inflated sense of self, you know? So they have this deep need for excessive attention and admiration, you know. But the thing is, they don't have any empathy for others. You know, they can't feel other. You know, they can't really feel other people's sadness or pain or suffering. You know, They're, they may they, they they you know, and, and 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 it ends up causing problems because look, in every relationship that you're in, and you're in, whether it's with your parents, your sibling, your work colleague, your boss, manager, your spouse, you know, your children. You have to feel what the other person is feeling, right? If they're having a bad day or they're going through a hard time in their life, you need to show empathy, right? And compassion and kindness. And they just can't do that. And that's that's where the problem with narcissistic personality disorder, you know, sort of comes from, you know? So what causes it? Like I said, it it, it sort of develops during your childhood, right? So, uh, you know, if you were abused as a child and neglected as a child, you know, it sort of opens the door for you to become narcissistic, Right? You know, if your parents always have unrealistic expectations about you, oh, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer, you got to have these high grades, you know, because you know, you deserve better or you are better or you come from a better sort of lineage or family, whatever, you know, it sort of opens that door to, for the person to develop narcissistic personality disorder later on in life, right? But then the opposite, it could be the opposite. You know, if you have a parent who's always pampering you, right, giving you exex- excessive praise, or parental overindulgence, again, it makes you feel that, oh, you know, you, you, you develop an inflated sense of your own self-importance. Oh, wow, my parents did that to me. You know, I must be somebody that's important. And so everyone has to sort of treat me like I'm the king or the prince or the queen or the princess, right? Again, you know, there's a genetic predisposition, right? You could be born with some, you know, the, the, the potential to, to acquire these behaviors, Right. But at the end of the day, it's really your environment that you grew up in as a child. Right. And sometimes if a parent is narcissistic. Right. You learn that manipulative behavior from that parent. Right. So that's what it is. So when you when when, how do you know someone is narcissistic? That's easy. There are signs and symptoms. Like I said, feelings of self-importance, superiority. Right. But then you have someone who's always sort of looking at themselves in the mirror, thinking they're they're, they're hot shit. They're, you know, they're, they're so good looking. They're successful. They're powerful. You know, uh, a good example of this is, you know, our former president, you know, um, uh, Donald Trump. You know, that's a classic case of a narcissist right there. Right. So they believe that they're different. They're special. They're above everybody else. Right? because maybe they're descendants of royalty or a wealthier class or a political elite you know, or a diplomat. Right? They need to be looked up you know, by others, right? And they have feelings of entitlement. They, have, they deserve special treatment, right? And so what happens is um, um, they learn how to sort of manipulate others so they can take advantage of them, to exploit them, right? And so, like I said, they, they don't care about the other person's feelings because they can't empathize with them, right? They can't emphasize with the other person's needs, their desires, their emotions, their feelings. But they, you know, these narcissists are very jealous people. They're very enemies. When they see others that have better than them, they get very, very jealous, right? But in general, they seem to be very arrogant and excessively proud. So, in terms of their, their relationship with other people, you know, they just see other people, you know, other partners, even including their own partner or spouse or whatever, as objects, you know. You know, uh, in my own experience, that's what happened with me, where I realized that I was nothing more than an object to my late wife, right? I was just there to sort of get ahead in life and, and, and get her goals accomplished because she felt she deserved, she was entitled to it all, right? So and, and, and so what narcissists tend to do is they try to convince you that you're inferior, right? You're beneath them you know, in order to make themselves feel you know superior, right? And then once you realize who they are and you try and leave and you should leave, once you're in a relationship with a narcissist, the, the, the main goal is to leave, get out as fast as you can. But once you do leave, they're going to they're gonna convince their new partner, their next partner, that you're the crazy one. You are the abusive one. You are the bad one, right? And, and, and there's even a possibility that they did that when they started their, their relationship with you, right? So if they met you, oh, yeah, my ex was a crazy bitch, you know what I mean? Or whatever, crazy bastard. and, and then to make you believe that's why they broke up and now she or he is on with you, right? But you have to understand this is a cycle that they repeat with everybody, right? Because the world revolves around them, okay? So they don't think that you deserve, you're different. They don't really believe that you're different than the previous partner because you don't deserve you know, your, a, any less affection or any more affection than the previous person that they were with. And, that's, mm-hmm. and the reason why that is because they can't love. They don't know how to love. Right. They don't feel empathy. They don't like intimacy. They don't know. They don't understand it. They can't get it. You know, Uh, with the the exception of the actual sexual act, there's no intimacy there between a narcissist and someone who's not narcissistic. Right. They can't have a regular conversation. It's all about them. You know, uh, uh, they want a relationship with you for validation and control, not for love. So, again, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to understand this person will never return your love, no matter what you do. So,
0: well, so you say that your wife was a narcissist. So w- yes. w- did, w- did you know that beforehand? And if not, when did you find that out?
1: No, um, I found out after the fact, after she passed away, when someone told me, you know, the way I described her, she was narcissistic. And then, you know, and then I, w- and they had experience with it because their parents were narcissistic. And I ended up looking it up and reading it into, you know, all kinds of resources Including the, um, uh, the 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 reference book used by psychologists and psychiatrists, and and I realized the pattern. I just I just at the time I didn't look at it from that point. What I looked at it was from a, an astrological point because then I started referencing again, going back to rereading Takeo Mori's book, and I realized that there was incompatibility f- from a spiritual and astrological sense, but from a psychological psychiatric sense, you know, I didn't uh, you know. You know, sort of uh, comprehend that or realize that after the fact she had passed away, right? Because you remember during the altercation when she attacked me, she died of a heart attack, and I didn't even know after, till after she passed away until somebody told me, right? Look, because th- th- this is the thing narcissists are very good at pretending, they're masters at pretending, right? You know, they learned how to act normal, right? Because they've seen other people do it or they had, you know, past experience, trial and error. It doesn't come from within them. They 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 don't know how to act normal. They just do it, and they, you know, for the sake of appearances. And you don't even know that you're playing a game with them until it's too late, right? So, and you know, so it's hard when you're in it. When you're in, when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, it's very very hard. You don't know it, but you eventually it comes out. The mask falls off, okay, and you realize who they are. Right. So, um... and you know. You, it's really sad because th- you don't really mean anything to them. You know, you thought that you were together for so long or you have a child together or something, and you don't really mean anything to them. Right. So uh, the pattern for a narcissist is to move on to someone new, right. Who doesn't know, you know, the games that they're playing. So once you on learn about their games, they'll drop you, they'll drop you and they'll find somebody else who doesn't know how to play the game. Right. So rather than change it themselves to become a better person, right? They'll just change partners and play, you know, play a game with someone who doesn't know the rules of the game, right? So that's how they can be very manipulative. They control you, you know, they wear their mask, you know, Uh, but, you know, the best way to do, like I said, is to run away. First, be indifferent to them and then plan your exit. Plan your exit and run for the hills. Mm, Well,
0: that's fascinating. So, how do you... uh help a narcissist like or can they become aware and want to change or what is there some sort of intervention or is this people's personalities
1: traits and they just have to run its course there is no cure for narcissism there's no pill like depression or anxiety for anxiety right Uh, um there's no medication for it um they have to a narcissist has to realize that they have a problem and and very 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 few of them realize that it's a problem they don't seem to understand that they have a problem. They think that, uh, you know, it's, it's how you play the game of life. And so, uh, you know, um, and so even if, for example, they get caught, for you know, committing a crime and then, you know, they'll play. They'll go and pretend that, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the psychologist or psychiatrist and I'm going to get better. But at the end of the game, they, they're trying to fool the psychologist or psychiatrist, you know, so that way they can get a pardon and not have a criminal record. But the best, the, the good, the good uh, psychologist, the best psychologists and psychiatrists know they're playing the game, and they go, you know, this person is just putting on a show to get out of the trouble that they're in. They don't, they don't understand. The, the narcissists don't understand that it's a problem, you know. And because there's so many people out there in the world, they how just find another sucker. You know what I mean? Uh, that's how it is. That's how they are. Um, uh, and 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 they re- and, and 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 in their mind, and I remember my, my late wife was telling me this. Uh, she goes, and the example that she she you know she used was the concept of uh, Superman and Lex Luthor, because Lex Luthor is a typical narcissist, right? He, he's grandiose. He's from a wealthy family. He thinks he should be you know uh, the hero that should be a worshipped war- and not Superman, who does you know who's trying to sort of do good things altruistically, but without any praise, but people still end up praising him. So he said, fools are Superman, who are always trying to do good, you know, and then they get the praise afterwards, whereas the, the, the smarter people are like Luther, who will manipulate people, engage in sneaky criminal activity, and then, uh, you know, and then at the end of the day, try to present himself as the hero. So that's how they see it. They see someone, another narcissist is a smart one, the one who ends up succeeding in life, whereas the good people, like Superman, are the fools and, and, and the idiots, so they don't see it. They don't see it as a problem. And if you don't see the problem, how can you go and get treated for it? How can you go and sincerely sit down with a psychologist and psychiatrist and resolve the issue? They don't see the problem.
0: Yeah, they don't even so, know that they are one, right? They don't even know. No, they, don't even, they, they just think, hey, I'm just a person and I just yeah, do these things. Exactly,
1: so. and, and they think it's normal because other smart people do the same thing that they're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, since your ex wife, you've been on the lookout for this. Have you come across other people that have sh- exhibited these traits?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the next relationship that I had after she passed away, um, you know, I realized, I guess, after four, three, four years of dating her, that she was a narcissist. Again, the, they're very good at putting on a show for two or three years, but after two, three years, the mask falls off and their true colors show, the true colors of their face show, right? And so uh, then you start realizing, oh, I saw this before, you know, and then that, the next thing you want to do is to run away. And once you try and run away, if they really need that energy from you, that supply, because that's, that's all they are. Narcissists are parasites who, who need the energy of others. To sort of live, you know, to, for their self-esteem or even for their, you know, whatever goals they have in life. And if you're that source of supply, they don't want to let you go. That's why they put on the show for two, three years. And after that, then once they get comfortable, the mask falls off. You know, they, you start to see who they are. And then, you know, you're, you know, you're trying to run away. and They're trying to latch on to you. But there are red flags. You know, if there are red flags to look out for. You know, so if they come at you from the very beginning and they're love bombing you, literally bombing you and showering you with love, you know, there's something there because most people don't do that. You know, when they meet someone, and they put feelings for you, they're not just going to go super crazy with all the affection and love, you know, they're they're, they're, they're trying to hide something, but, but at the same time, they're trying to suck you in with their love, the so-called love bombing, right? They're going to mask, you know, put on a mask, you know, and hide their evil side, you know. They'll to be hell, you know, that they're funny people, charming, you know, they won't accept no for an answer. So you say, if you say, oh, you know, you tell them, oh, I'm not sure I want to date you. Oh, I don't want to continue to be in a relationship with you. They won't accept no for an answer. Right. They don't respect your boundaries. They insist on having it their way. Right. They want to commit to you so soon. You know, you've dated them for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. They want to move in together. They want to start having a family. And then later on, they'll deny it. They'll oh, no, no, I, did that. I I never said that. I never did that. You know? So they study you. They see what your weaknesses are, what your needs are, and they just go for it. Right? So they tend to cut you off, you know, when they speak, you know, when you speak, because, you know, uh, it's all about them. They want to monopolize the conversation. So these are signs. You know, when they first met you, they have a story to tell you about how they were either the hero or a victim in their last relationship, whether it's at work or with their partner or whatever, you know? And then they don't have to sort of manipulate you, you with pity and guilt. Oh, they're very good at the guilt trips. Oh, And then they play with your jealousy. If you're a jealous person, they say, oh, this other person wants me. And if you don't want me, I love this other person. So, you know, but they themselves are overly jealous. So once they see that somebody else wants you or, or you're doing well for yourself in your career, they become jealous. Right. So another clue is. Always vet them. Always, no, sorry, another another need to do, right, to to, to sort of develop the next clue of whether or not they're a narcissist or not, is to vet them. You know, do an investigation on them. They hate that. When you hire a PI or do your own work, you go and speak to their friends from school, right, or, you know, their former colleagues at work or even other family members. They hate it because the truth comes out. That they were probably cruel, you know, uh, to a family member, right? Like, like their mother, for example, right? Who are, you know, they, you know, they, you know, they, they, my mom's not going anywhere, and she, you know, they can always be a verbally abusive to their mother, right, or their father, whatever the case may be, or or a younger brother, right, or or an older brother or sister, you know, or in, uh, they, they say that they had problems at, at work, you know, with the coworker. And they, oh, I used to work with her, you know? and she always gave problems to all the other coworkers, you know, or maybe you know. In school, oh, she was a class bully. You know, Those are signs that she could very well, he could very well be a narcissist, right? So that's how, that's how, that's, that's how you, have to, you have to find out who they are because being alone with them, you're not going to find out who they are because they're putting on a show for a couple of years and you have to do your, your research, your vetting, your investigation, and they hate it. They hate when they find out that you uh, um, found, went behind their backs to get more information about them. They absolutely hate it. They feel that you violated their trust, right? Well, isn't that violating your trust? Like, I'm not a
0: narcissist, but why would you go dig into my past? I would just tell If you want to know something, I would tell you. So isn't that, wouldn't anyone be like, hey, that's, that is an invasion of privacy. Are you looking through my, my shit?
1: <laughs> Look, this is the way I think. This is the way I see it. If you're going to invest your time, your resources, you know, uh, your energy, everything for this one person, don't you want to know who you're dealing with? Right? That's the way I see it. That's the way many people see it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I found out, okay, one of these girls I was dating had a criminal record. And I would not have found out if I didn't go and, you know, um, uh, did my own research investigation. Oh, wow, she got a criminal record and it's a serious shit? I'm not, you know, I- I'm having doubts about this relationship. I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go, go through with it. Would you? Wouldn't you want to know that? Would you know that some girl that you're a woman that you're dated or you're dating? You're interested in has a criminal record for some serious shit that happened like you know five, six, seven years ago. You know, do you want to really continue with the relationship? Well, it did,
0: well, see, I I think about these things. Well, one, well, first, yes, I would want to know if somebody had a past like that. Uh, number one, but number two. Uh, It's like, okay, depending on how many years ago that was, they may have been a different, they they could have changed now. What if I'm I'm in my 40s? What if I met somebody who's 40? Maybe they committed a crime when they were 20, you know? And I see that like, oh, okay. And and so that kind of maybe pre prejudices me unnecessarily. Number one. Number two, just because someone, for example, you can only find what's reported. You know how many people have a past and have done things that, They haven't been caught for. And you'll never know if they don't tell you. Yeah. So exactly. the only difference between you and someone else is that they got caught. Yeah. And so it's important to keep that in, in mind when you're digging through people's past records mm-hmm. is that what you're finding is probably the same stuff you did. You just didn't get caught. And so you yeah. got to be you have to be careful when making judgments about people and digging into their past. Um, I kind of prefer to. You know, if I just mi- if I just met someone, I'm not going to assume that they're lying unless I start seeing patterns. But I don't know. I, I know that uh, maybe I'm rare. I know a lot of people just Google people all the time now. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just one of those rare people that never jumped onto that bandwagon. Every time I hear a new name, I got to go Google them. I-, I I just don't do it.
1: So. Yeah. But, you know, um, it depends. I mean, everything is circumstantial, right? If it's if, it's, if they got uh, arrested for assaulting, you know, some guy or some woman that they were dating with, wouldn't you want to know if they had a temper or violence sort of, uh, uh, you know, attribute to them? You want to, right? Or, or if, they, if they were, uh, you know, they had a reputation for being a, a black widow, <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll go in and, and hook up with someone that got money and they'll find a way to sort of, uh, you know, uh, put them in jail or, or have them killed. And then they got away with it, you know, for so long, but then it got caught. You know what I mean? Don't you want to know that? I mean, these are serious stuff. If, if, if they were abusive towards their mother or, the, or their father, well, how, how are they going to be with you if, if you decide to, you know, live together or, you know, continue a relationship together? You know, that's the kind of thing that it's in your best interest to find out. We're talking at the end about your well-being, your, what's in your best interest, right? And your safety, you know. You know, a lot of people who stay with narcissists end up getting serious illnesses behind it. You know, uh, they get post-traumatic stress like I do. Like, uh, every, I mean, for me, it's not that bad. But every once in a while, I, I wake up with nightmares, you know, based on stuff that I've been through with my narcissistic late wife. You know, uh, there are other people who, who have been with narcissists and, and, and they end up having a sort of. Uh, you know, uh, they dealt chronic fear and anxiety, you know, because they were with a narcissist, right? Their own immune system gets weak, you know, causing them problems with their heart and their gastrointestines, right? They get ulcers and irritable bowel syndrome. Some people have, I've read cases where people have decreased fertility rates because they were with a narcissist before. You know, there's you know, that I've read uh, instances where people had chronic fatigue, type 2 diabetes, accelerated yeah. aging. For me, I've aged. If you compare me to any normal person of my age and you see the deep circle on my eyes that never, that you know, under my eyes, which never seem to go away, I've lost all my hair. Hair loss is very common among men who have been with narcissistic women, right? You know, hear about depression, people getting, you know, uh, uh, chronic fatigue, emotional exhaustion, forgetfulness, confusion, loss of memory, insomnia, poor work performance, withdrawal, tension, headaches, heart attacks even. These are things that are your health, your well-being. Do you want to acquire these just because you decide to stay with a narcissist? You know, it's not worth it. You're better off vetting or investigating who you're going to spend your life with, you know, to avoid these things. That's the way I see it. That's my story with narcissists, how it ties with astrology, you know. Um, And, uh, you know, again, um, it's all in my book. You know, I talk about astrology. I talk about narcissism. I talk about a lot of stuff. That's why it's so big. And like I said, um, it's the six stories uh, you know contained in one. You know, if you want to know about that stuff, you just have to read the one chapter and you won't get lost. You won't get lost in the overall story of, of you know. Well, tell us about story. the book.
0: As you said, the six chapters. Tell us about yes, the book. What, what's in the book? What, what, what does it talk about? What does it hit on? What are the chapters like?
1: So I start off with the way things are in the world in terms of um, the hostility towards, you know, men, you know, and also uh, 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 men of color, right? So that's one chapter. That's like basically the first chapter that I talk about. It sort of sets the context of what happened to me and my family. Then the second chapter talks about how my family, my parents, you know, came to this country or these countries, you know, this continent. North America, and you know how they try to make a life for themselves, and you know, and our accomplishments, including mine. You know, and I, I've have you know, like I said, I speak four languages fluently. I've been to you know, I've got uh, three university degrees, two college diplomas. You know, worked for you know um, uh, reputable places, and then chapter three is where I sort of talk about my relationship with my wife, how I met her, you know, uh, how we started a family together. And you know the problems in the relationship with you know the abuse, you know the narcissism, uh, all that stuff. And in chapter four is you know my host part by being arrested and, and, and accused of her dying, and they, they she died of a heart attack. But you know they I, I you know I've, I presented enough evidence there to present. Well, they screwed up. They could have prevented this from happening. The police and they didn't because you know I'm a man of color, and they didn't want to get involved. with Me and my kids making sure my kids were safe with, against their mother and her lover. And then and, you know, so, and then they ended up, you know, making me the scapegoat, making me go to jail. And then, you know, and then, you know losing everything in my life. And then Chapter 5 is a prison story. If you love prison stories about, you know, what's going on in prison. You know, I lived there. I was in prison. I was in prison, you know, for basically four years, you know, and until I had to be able to clear my name and get retried. And then Chapter 6 is, you know, the retrial. You know, we get the retrial. I get exonerated. The truth comes out. But at the end, I still lost a lot of stuff. I lost my kids. I lost my career. I lost my life savings. And so, and so how I, I'm on my path to rebuilding my life. And so you don't have to read all of it. You know, if you just want to focus on abusive relationships and narcissism, chapter three is for you. You're not going to get lost. Just read chapter three or you know, listen, listen to chapter three, and that's it. If you don't like that stuff, but you want to know the prison stuff, what goes on in prison, you know, that kind of stuff, chapter five is for you. If you love uh, uh, courtroom stuff, chapter six is for you, you know. So if, and if you want to talk about more focus on, you know, like xenophobia or, or discrimination, you know, against people that are, you know, uh, of, of color or of a different, you know, or, or your man, right? Because basically we're living in a woman's world, you know, in North America, we are living in a woman's world. If you want to read that stuff, chapter one is for you.
0: Whoa, that's a controversial thing to say. Not to me. It's not controversial (laughs) to me, but it's a controversial thing to say, whoa. So why are we living in a woman's world?
1: Well, you know, look, it started in the 19 late 60s, like 1960s, or in the early 70s with the feminist movement, you know, equality. We woo, you know, and that's fine. I agree with it. You know, men and women, we are different, but we should be treated as equal in society, right? We've reached a point where we've passed that stage, and now women want more and more and more. You know, and you know, in some cases, they deserve you know more. You know, we just what uh, we just had our first black female judge uh, right elected, didn't we? Right, i do not about politics, but you know, first time in America, the first black female judge. You know, on, on, on I believe was the Supreme Court, right? And, and, and that, that's a great milestone. And, you know, she deserved it. From what I understand, she worked hard. She deserved it. You have these people on the far right. Who are, oh, we're just doing that to sort of please the masses. She doesn't deserve to be there. But well, that's bullshit. You know, if you deserve something through effort and through merit, all the more power to you. You know, but when you start having others uh, who just automatically get things because they're a woman, like they automatically get custody of a child regardless of, you know, if she was involved in the child's life, if, you know, she, she you know, she actually poured some love if she's not abusive towards the child, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, fine. In my case, it was clear after the fact, you know, when they interviewed my daughter after she passed away that she was abusive towards my daughter, right? Clearly, she didn't deserve to get full custody, you know, of our children. But that's what, that's what, the lawyers, the divorce lawyers were trying to do before she passed away, before we even got to the divorce court, you know, uh, one month before she passed away. So it has to be based on merit. Oftentimes we give women the benefit of the doubt to give them more because they happen to be women. You know, there's still a lot of you know, work to be done. I agree. Like uh, there's still uh, wage gaps, you know, between men and women in the world. And it's closing, closed, slowly, slowly, you know, that gap is closing. But soon what we're going to see, what I predict seeing is that educated women are going to make more money than educated men. We're heading in that direction. You know, a lot of men don't want to go to a university or a lot of men, you know, are going to be sort of uh, uh, overlooked to sort of make up for past mistakes that our our fathers and forefathers have done to women and push them up towards more and more and more. And it's getting to women's heads to the point where a lot of women now are becoming more abusive. And, you know, I'm seeing it. And even every day in the news, I'm seeing, you know, how Johnny Depp now is in, you know, in court now with his ex-wife, you know, and now he's suing her and she's suing him, you know, and who knows how that's going to end. You know, I really hope that Johnny Depp wins his case, but it's very possible that Amber Heard is going to win her case and get the money, you know, this alleged defamation that, you know, uh, Johnny Depp put her through in the media, right? So, that's why I say it's more and more becoming a woman's world. It is definitely, and, and in Canada, it's even worse than in the United States, but the United States is definitely getting there. It's definitely getting there.
0: Well, um, that's very interesting. I do think that uh, society has made strives to empower women. Uh, that is definitely true. And, I do think, you know, that there are some elements of society and culture that could be a little bit more fair to men. You know, Uh, the society is geared towards uh, women's behavior um, and they increasingly view men's behavior as uh, bad or disorderly Uh, when it's not. It's just a different set of things that men need Uh, education. Definitely has slanted towards women as far as behavioral concerns are, are concerned. There's a whole bunch of things that are going on with that. And so that's interesting that you should say that. Um, but w- where can people get your book and read more about you, your website, your book? What's going on with that?
1: So um, my book, uh, in all formats, whether it's um, Kindle, um, softcover, hardcover, audiobook. They're all available on Amazon. Uh, I do have a website, and we can link you to other places other than Amazon and sell them, right? So, Far and Noble, uh, website has it. The Indigo uh, Chapters has it. Kobo has it. And again, available in all the formats. Um, uh, It got very good reviews. It got very good reviews. Uh, It got, uh, I think, 4.3 stars out of 5 and the only reason why I sort of lost the point seven points is because it's very long. It's over 700 pages. But Like I said, I wrote the book in a way where you don't have to read from beginning to end to understand what's going on. You can jump right to chapter three to the juicy stuff about, you know, my marriage with a narcissist wife, you know, and her cheat you know, Most Most narcissists, by the way, cheat. About nine out of ten of them will cheat on their partner because, again, they're looking for that validation and admiration for somebody else. So that's why she cheated, not because you know a lot of people in jail asked me, oh maybe because you weren't able to please her that wasn't the case because uh um, about uh one week before she attempted to kidnap our three year old son with her lover, you know we had uh, passionate sex, you know like we always do on a Sunday night, and she even had multiple orgasms and you know and 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 we even had one time where um Uh, We both had uh, simultaneous orgasms. So it wasn't really the sexual act was her sense of validation that she needed from somebody else. That's the juiciest stuff in Chapter 3. But if you read Chapter 3, you don't need to read anything else if you're not interested in it. So, again, that book is available on uh, all formats in Amazon and, like I said, uh, Indigo, um, Chapters, uh, Barnes & Nobles. And I have a website, jimangelis.com, J-I-M-A-N-G-L-I-S.com. And then, and you know, and if you have trouble finding it, uh, you can always just type in, and Google, um, um, the Ottawa way. Ottawa is the capital of Canada, but that's where the crime occurred, alleged crime occurred, but it wasn't the crime, you know. But anyway, uh, Ottawa, O-T-T-A-W-A, the Ottawa way, guilty by uh, gender in Canada's capital. Just look, Google that up and, you know, or even just write my name, you know. <laughs> if I Google my name, it'll pop up, you know. Uh, the, the media, you know, uh, following the story in my book. My website is there, and you'll find everything you need to know uh, either on Amazon or, or com. You know,
0: uh, good stuff. That's really good stuff. His play, I'm going to play devil advocate for a minute here because I, I just know when they asked you, oh, is it is it because you didn't satisfy her and you talked about how she had lots of orgasms with you? Yes. How do you know
1: she wasn't faking it? Um, we well, can do that. Yes, I know. <laughs> but in her case, in her case, um, her body shakes, you know, uh, so some women, when they orgasm, right, their, their, their body sort of, tri- they go into tremors, right, and they shake, you know, um, and it, that, that's something that you can easily, you can easily fake, right, and then, you know, and then, the, and they look like, they're for, for, for a few seconds, like, they can't move their bodies, like, their body's sort of stiff, trying to, you know, get back to, you know, from their spiritual, you know, elevation that they attained during orgasm. Right, And I knew, I knew that she wasn't faking it, right? Mm. Uh, some women don't have that. Some women don't show that. They don't go into tremors or they don't go, their and shake. Some women, are, from what I've read, they're, they're called squirters, right? They, they sort of ejaculate the uh, you know, fluids, yeah. right? Yeah. From their vagina. Mm. Now, that wasn't the case with my wife, but I had a case where I had a partner, another, another partner uh, who did that. And so, mm. you know, um, and, I, and for the most part, if they don't have that, you just have to take their word for it. You know, if if you know, you know, sometimes they fake it because they're tired, they just want to end it all. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I can't get us. Let's let's call it a night, let's call it a day, whatever. And you know, it's just it's just something that women can get away with, but men can't. But you know what? Men can fake it too. Men can fake orgasms too. Okay. I've I've heard it done. Well, you know, actually, um, speaking of men faking
0: orgasms, you can have because people think that. You know, men can't fake orgasms because, you know, you come, but yeah. you can have a, what do they call it? They take non-ejaculatory orgasm as That's a man. Right. That's so right. So you can get yourself to the point where you can experience orgasmic like things, but without coming. Yeah. So you got to train yourself how to do that. And we'll do a show on that one day. <laughs> Tra- train you as a man how to have orgasms without ejaculation. Hey. Um, and there's also other things that you can do to elongate your ejaculation, the, the orgasm itself, right. even when you're yeah. ejaculating. So whether it's with yourself or with a partner. But anyway, yeah, cool. All right. Well, that is the website with JimAngelus.com. Go ahead and uh, get to that website, and this is great, man. This is thank you for appearing once again. You're probably back again.
1: <laughs> hey, you anytime you,
0: you want me back i'm back very back again hey. all right well that's that's what's up thank you for coming on the program once again i this is an interesting story very this whole thing with you and her and everything else that's happened is a very interesting story all right cool
1: thank you sir thanks a lot Dennis. it's always a pleasure to be on your show
0: If you'd like to be a guest on Core Confidence Life to share your talents, resources, or life lessons, just go to cclpodcast.com. That's cclpodcast.com and click on Be a Guest.